good evening, table friends. How are we? Okay. Well, good. If you have Bibles, go ahead and open to Galatians 5. We haven't left, and we're going to stay there. 522, that's our verse. I would encourage you to memorize it. Fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. It would be really great for you to memorize that because that's what we're meditating on through this series of talks we've been going through for, for about the last four or five weeks. And we're going to continue on for another five or six weeks and it's going to be amazing. The, the way we've titled this series, if you're new, if this is your first time, welcome. First time in a long time, welcome back. I'm Doug. I give leadership to this gathering of young adults here. Uh, the series is called Nine Items or Less, and we've got the little grocery card here I got to push up. Hopefully everyone can see that. Uh, most of you are young adults. Um, most of us have a day when we go to the grocery store. Uh, if not, I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, call the parents, ask them to send money and pray for you, and then go to the grocery store, right? That's how that works. Uh, parents are learning Venmo. I can attest to this. Parents know Venmo now, so just have them Venmo you some cash and put the grocery store emoji on there and go. When you go to the grocery store, you get one of these bad boys, and you push it around, and you pick up the things, especially because you're tight on money. you got to pick up the essentials, right? Only the essentials. Toilet paper, uh, six packs of soda, uh, you know, bottles of water, milk, cheese, whatever you do, right? Uh, a lot of, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of cereal with this crowd. Uh, fair point, a lot of cereal with this crowd. Okay, show of hands. Okay, yeah. Maybe, but maybe the off-brand version, you're getting some like fruity spooners and some frosted mini wheats, uh, frosted mini spooners or whatever they are. Yeah, the cocoa crisps, all those things, right? We've all been there. No judgment. But you get the essentials, right? What we're talking about in this series are the nine essential things you should put in the grocery cart of your life. And the Bible talks about them and, and, and uses this term, the fruit of the Spirit. They're the nine virtues of the kingdom of God. They're the nine essential characteristics that Jesus demonstrates in his life. It's this fruit that all of us, every one of us can bear if we will just cultivate it. And so far we've looked at love, which is the super fruit that defines all the rest of the fruit. Okay, Love and joy, the emotion of uh, love. Uh, and peace, which is the perspective of love. And patience, right? We looked at patience last week. Um, patience is the pace of love. Well, this week we're going to look at kindness, which I'll go ahead and tell you it's the disposition of love. And just to set that up, uh, let me talk about when I was in um, elementary school. Now, you guys know this. I, I did not grow up in a Christian home. Uh, and so I didn't really know many Christians growing up, but my first encounter with Christians were all the cultural Christians. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? You have the cultural Catholics and the cultural Baptists, and the cultural Presbyterians, right? The cultural non-denominational people, which I don't know why you'd be culturally non-denominational, but it seems like a really weird thing to be cultural about. But they were there in my small town of 16,000 people. Uh, and I didn't know many Christians, but when I met Christians, they were always this kind of cultural Christian. My first exposure to Christianity was through what I would consider to be non-Christians who kind of just culturally went to church because it was the right thing to do. And in Texas, it was good for business if you kind of adhere to some form of cultural piety called Christianity. And I could always tell uh, the cultural Christians, I, I could always tell who they were. And I, I just something, even early on in my spirit, I could, I could tell I, there's something that wasn't real about this. Do you guys know what I'm talking about if you've met cultural Christians? Here's the term I would use to describe the cultural Christians I met. They were nice. You guys know what I'm talking about? Nice? ¿Cómo se dice nice en español? Bueno. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
But they were nice. Okay, I don't know if it translates in Portuguese. Como se diz? Legal. Okay, cool. I'm going to have to look that up later. I'm trusting you guys that y'all are the experts on linguistics here. So let me tell you what nice is. Everybody try to say the word nice. Okay, now, now I want you to look at someone next to you and I want you to say the word nice and I want you to notice the mouth facial expression. So go ahead and look at someone and say nice. Okay? Look what happens. Look what happens when you say the term nice. You, you have to smile, but it's not a real smile. It's not a genuine smile. It's a forced smile. Nice. You can say the term nice when you're angry, which is the whole point of the word nice. I knew a lot of cultural Christians, and they were nice. Uh, I had this one teacher named Mrs. G. Mrs. G did not like me. And she, like, she was overt about this. She would say things like, I just don't, don't like that Hankins kid. Uh, his dad's the philandering lawyer, and you know, his mom's the kind of whatever, the weird kindergarten teacher who like puts uh, you know, the, uh, what's that stuff called, glue? She like puts it on her eyebrows or whatever. My mom didn't do this, but there were just accusations going around in Palestine, Texas. Uh, and Mrs. G didn't like me. And so when she would see me, she'd always give me this nice smile. She would go, Hello there, Mr. Hankins. As steam is coming out of her ears, as her face is red. She was nice. And I knew Mrs. G went to church on occasion. Uh, and so what I learned about Christianity early on is that Christians were just these nice people. And, and to, what I meant by that is Christians are people who are negative on the inside, but they force positivity on the outside. That's what it means to be nice. Do you get what I'm saying? Is there a different translation now in Spanish and Portuguese? You're like, oh, we know that it is fake. Uh, <laughs> Como se dice fake in Espanol? Um, but this is what it means to be a nice Christian or to be a nice person. It's you're forcing a smile. You could care less about the person in front of you, but you're going to be like, oh, bless your heart, right? And this is what I knew about Christians is they were these fake, nice people until I went to fourth grade. And I had a teacher uh, in one of my classes um, and she was really, really cool. Uh, this was Miss Lawrence. Mrs. Lawrence uh, was the first Christian I think I knew early on. And there was something different about Mrs. Lawrence. When she saw me, no matter, what, no matter how I had been misbehaving, Miss Lawrence would say, hi, Doug, how are you doing today? And I would go, oh, what's your angle? Like, why are you asking me? She's like, because, because I genuinely care about you. And I would just be like, uh, why do you care about me? Because I care about people. And she was just so calm, and so peaceful, so at center with what was going on in her life. And when she smiled, it was a genuine smile. And it eventually won me over. And I'll never forget one day, Miss Lawrence got up. We were supposed to do this project on something that was important to us. And Miss Lawrence got up and she told her testimony about believing in Jesus, about Jesus saving her and changing her life. And I didn't know much about religion at that point, but I knew that Miss Lawrence must have had something right because she was kind to me. Kindness is not the same as being nice. Kindness is something wholly different than being nice. Being nice is being negative on the inside, but forcing positivity on the outside. Kindness is in a whole other category. And we're going to learn about that today in Galatians and a couple other verses. So if you have your Bibles open, you can read with me. I quoted it earlier. It'll be on your screen. It says this, but the fruit... Of the Spirit, Paul writes, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, 
patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And he goes on to say, against such things, uh, gentleness, self-control, and against such things, there is no law. We're looking at the idea of kindness today. Uh, in a cross-reference in 1 Corinthians 13, remember when you go to weddings, this is the chapter that's read. Just a little portion of that. Paul writes, love is patient and kind. In other words, love behaves in a kind way, which begets the question for us, well, how do we define the behavior of love in this way? Kindness. I told you guys, kindness is the disposition of love. You know what it means to have a disposition? It's kind of the position your heart and your mind are in at all times. It's your default posture, okay? So we'll just kind of try to help you understand this. You guys all go to sleep at night, allegedly. I hear this from time to time that young people actually do sleep, maybe just an hour, but you guys go to sleep, right? Uh, How many of you are back sleepers? You're just like this, like you're in a coffin all night. Is that too soon to bring that up? Sorry. But you're just, you know, you're just like this, like a mummy all night. We have any back sleepers in here? Okay, shout out back sleepers, okay? How many of you are side sleepers? Okay, right side, right side sleepers, this way, only right side, only left side. Who are the switchers? I'm a switcher. Right and left. That's my, that's it. Okay. How many of you, now this is bold. How many of you are bold enough to be belly sleepers? Oh, wow. You guys might be superheroes, right? You might be like Elastigirl, right? You can just, that bothers me. I can't sleep in that position. I am a straight up start on my right side sleeper. And then after my arm goes to sleep, I wake up and do this thing. And then this thing, right? This is the position that I rest in. It's my default rest position. When uh, the Bible uses the term kindness, and it's this Greek term here, uh, the Greek term Christostes. It actually sounds like Christ, right? Uh, it is the default. Someone was like, I see where you're going with this thing. Okay. You snuck one past me, pastor. All right. Touche. I'm just kidding. You guys are awesome. I love y'all. Christostes, the disposition of love. It's saying that your default posture has become this kind of, this kind of love. It's, it's the position you're in. You're willing to be loving at all times. You're ready to receive and to give love at all times, both mentally and physically. You're just kind of, you're kind of there. And so the way I might define it for us just to be a little more helpful and catchable is this term here. Uh, The disposition could be defined as proactively asking, how can I be helpful to a person? It's a proactive disposition. I am each day waking up looking for ways in which I can be helpful to a person. Um, Think about it like this, okay? Um, Kindness is thinking about how can I help the Bahamas, before the hurricane hits, okay? There's a lot of us who after the hurricane hits the Bahamas, we're going, okay, well, in light of this terrible tragedy and their desperation, let me, let me see what I can do to be helpful. I wanna be the arms and the hands and feet of Jesus here. That's great, that's compassion, it's wonderful, that's another fruit of the spirit, we'll talk about that later. Kindness is a proactive uh, asking of that question. It says, before a hurricane ever hits, I want to know how can I help the Bahamas just out of the disposition I have to want to be helpful and loving to people, okay? Kindness, the proactive disposition of asking how can I be helpful to this person? And we get this notion of kindness from God. It's one of his essential characteristics. We get it from Jesus, Christos says, right? Uh, it's, it's one of God's essential characteristics. And if you look at this other cross-reference here that Paul writes in the book of Romans, 
uh, he says this, or do you not presume, he's writing to the Romans, on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. God is an incredibly kind person. He is kind to us. Uh, His disposition towards us is to help us. He is always in position to go, this humanity that I've created, that I was under no obligation to create, this humanity that has fallen itself and turned away from me and run the other way, my disposition to them is kindness. Uh, David says it like this in Psalm 23. You guys have maybe heard Psalm 23 before. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, makes me lie down, yada, 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 right? You, you may have heard this before. Well, there's this one verse that says, his goodness and his mercy are following me. You, you hear this? His goodness and his mercy, they follow after me. And I always, I remember reading that as a kid going, weird, God's a stalker? Like, that's super strange, right? Like, I just, I'm turning around, there's these hitmen right there. I'm like, oh no, what's going on? Like, as a non-believer, I always thought that was what was happening, that God was just always looking at me over the, the shoulder going like, I see what you're doing, don't mess up or I'll strike you with a lightning bolt there, bud, right? I just always thought that was the situation. No, no, goodness and mercy are the secret security detail that God puts on us. They're always there to help us. Doug, do you need anything? Doug, how can I release my favor on you? Y'all, table people, young adults in, in Orlando, how can, I, how can I help? God is in this disposition of wanting to help us. I thought about this, um, trying to kind of help us understand this by thinking through the lens of dating. Dating seems to be kind of a big topic with many of us in this room. Um, and so I just thought about this kind of parallel here, you know, I've been in situations, especially when I was early dating, where there would be this thing where um, I would just be really kind of wanting to date somebody. And there would be this girl who would kind of be hanging around in my life. Uh, I, t- I typically tend to say, if there's a girl who's a recurring character in the story of your life, guys, you might need to ask some questions of yourself and what God might be doing, right? Similarly, girls, if there's a guy who's a recurring character in the story of your life, You might want to ask some questions, but there'd be these girls who'd be kind of around uh, and they would kind of be desperate. And and what I mean by that is they'd maybe gone on a couple of dates and it didn't quite work out. And they were just like, I don't know, like it just maybe, maybe I'm done with guys. Like I just know more. Those guys are all dumb. And they would say that in my general direction. And I would just think in my mind, yeah, they're desperate. This is easy for me to ask them out. If I say, if I ask them out, they'll say yes. Right. And so I would swoop in and be like, yeah, I heard what you said about guys earlier. Let me tell you, there's one guy out there who isn't bad, me, right? I drive a pickup truck. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, it sits too. Maybe you could sit cowgirl. Let's go, girl, right? That's kind of, that was my thing, right? And, and, and I think, listen, I think many of us, we can kind of think about God being that way. Only when we're desperate, then God comes around and swoops in like the night, right? If we'll just try to work our way to a point where we show God we're so desperate for him, then he'll come and save us, right? That's how it works. But this is not what Paul writes. Paul says it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. It's his disposition of always wanting to help us. The the dating analogy there is there's a girl who is just like, no, (laughs) no. And the guy's like, okay, I'm gonna be kind to you, okay? And in God's providence, this is what happened with me and my wife. And you guys may know the story, but I walked up to my wife the first time that uh, I ever told her my feelings for her, okay? In January of 2002, I know where I was, right? Uh, I knocked on her door, she opened. We were friends, we were acquaintances. And I was like, hey, Natalie, can we talk? And she was like, sure, weird guy. Like, yeah, that's whatever. And I said, hey, listen, 
God told me that we're going to get married. <laughs> so I think we should start dating. That seems like the next step here in this progression. And she said, and I quote, God did not tell me that, and I think you need to leave. Click, and she shut the door, right? <laughs> Natalie was not desperate, okay? She was not falling prey to my whole pickup truck kind of pickup line, right? Uh, trademark Doug Hankins, pickup truck pickup line. There we go. It's also a good band name. Anyway, uh, but here's what I did. Just in my own stupidity or persistence or whatever, I would come back each day and knock on her door, and she'd be like, what do you want, weirdo? And I was like, hey, I know you don't. Wait, do you still want to go, not go out with me? She's like, yeah, I don't want to go out with you. Okay, can I do your dishes? Can I take out your trash? Can I do your homework? Listen, whatever I have to do to be in your space, that's what I want to do. And for me, it was just, I just got this. I knew God wanted us to get married. By the way, who got married? Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> someone was right there. I don't want to point fingers, but... Uh, Two kids later. Uh, anyway, so, no, but I just, I was persistent. I would go, hey, what can I do to serve you? I don't know why. I wasn't thinking about this passage. It just seemed right to me to go, listen, if you don't want to date me, that's fine. I'm going to just try to be kind to you because I, I, I like you and I just want good for your life. And so I would go over genuinely and try to help her every day. And she saw that I was being helpful. And so little by little, she invited me further and further into her house. Like day one, it was just, here's my trash bags at the door. Day two, you know, it was like, I'm now at the kitchen sink doing the dishes. Uh, day three, uh, she and her roommate invited me into their kind of bedroom area so I could get the computer and I could do homework for my wife, uh, uh, which really happened. She got an A, thank you very much. Uh, right? And so eventually I was meeting the family and I was taking the family out and I was paying for lunch and this kind of thing, right? I just wanted to be kind to Natalie because it seemed like the right thing to do. And Natalie told me much, much later, that's what won her over. The fact that I pursued her with this disposition of kindness, she was like, oh, well, if this is the kind of love I can expect from you, I'm all in. And this is how God operates with us. His kindness leads us to repentance. He has a disposition of love, and he seeks to help us, and he does good things for us, and he makes the sun come up, and he makes it a beautiful day, and he says, the beach is only an hour away. And we go to the beach, and we're like, this is incredible. And he gives us sunsets and sunrises. And he brings people into our life out of his kindness. And he loves us, and he loves us, and he loves us. And that's why people get saved. Because they say, if this is the kind of relationship I can expect from this divine creator of the universe, then I'm in. His kindness leads us to repentance. God is proactively seeking to help us. That is his kindness. And so in light of that, I want to ask this question. If this is a characteristic that we need to put into the cart of our life, and if this is one of the ways that we get to grow in character after God's own image, then what can we do to cultivate kindness in our own lives? And I want to think about this with a, a tool I just made up this afternoon called the Kindness Matrix. Uh, and it's going to be on your screens here if you want to take notes or whatever. I encourage you to do that. The kindness matrix. So we're gonna ask this question, what does it look like to proactively be helpful to another person in a couple of different areas? You can think about it, kind of on the top there, you have in thought and in thinking in the internal aspect of your being, but also in action or the external aspect of your being. So both internally and externally. So thought might also be emotions. We might say thought, emotions, inner life kind of stuff. And then actions being the external. There uh, on the other side, uh, you have self, myself, and then you also have other people. 
And I want to show you the progression of how this works, and I want to kind of make some observations here. So we'll just kind of go there. Number one, what does it look like to practice kindness, to a disposition of helpfulness for how I think about myself? Okay? And whenever you're thinking about yourself in terms of being kind to yourself internally, how you think about yourself, what you're talking about is awareness. You're practicing awareness. Who am I? How do I work? What's my personality? What are my emotions? What's the pattern of my emotional health and my mental health? How does that work? And one of the best ways you can work on awareness is just honestly uh, in the act of self-reflection. You can reflect and think about it. I recommend the, the tool of journaling and these kind of things. We'll talk about some practicals later on. But just anything you can do to kind of get some feedback on how you're thinking about yourself. So, um, so that's that. If you're then thinking or you're, you're operating in terms of kindness, acting kindly to yourself, uh, then what you're talking about is self-care. As you're trying to be kind to yourself in terms of your body and your external, this is self-care. This is pampering. This is warm baths for all the guys out there who like that, right? Uh, You know, this is physical activity, sports, things like that, running, exercise, those kind of things. Whatever you got to do that's in terms of self-care. Once you now move from yourself, practicing kindness to yourself, to practicing kindness to others, then it goes into that other box. Kindness in your thinking about other people kindness in your thinking about other people is called perspective. It's how you think about others, your general posture and disposition about other people. Are you someone who when people walk in are like, that person's a loser, right? Just right off the bat without ever knowing them, you're like, Ugh. or are you someone who goes, hey man, I'm going to try to think kindly about this person, give them the benefit of the doubt. So that's your perspective. And then finally, when you're practicing kindness and your actions towards other people, That's called ministry. Ministry uh, is acting in a kind disposition, proactively seeking to help other people in terms of your actions. And so in light of this grid right here, if you guys want to snap photos of it and look at it, go ahead, take a few, go ahead, take like six seconds. Or you got to swipe the phone, maybe 10 seconds. Some of you have old iPhones, so you're still on the thumb thing. Like, oh, it's wet and you're drying it off and you're, okay, you got that? Sidebar, this is, just, this is just for fun. Uh, I was trying to do some kindness to my wife last week, so I decided to cook dinner, and I was cutting potatoes. Okay, I had this little thing that has a little knife in it, and you just take the potato and you swipe it. You're supposed to have a thing on top, a little stopper to hold it so you don't slice your thumb. I was in a hurry. I just preached about hurry the day before. Like, I wasn't practicing patience, so I was like, okay, well, I don't really need that. Doom, doom. I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm getting really close. Swipe. Uh, so I took off a good portion of my thumb there, which is fine, except I have an old iPhone. So then I tried to call her and I had blood on it. And I was like, uh, and it wouldn't read my thumbprint because there's no thumbprint anymore. It's a really bad situation. So I get it. That was just for free. Everybody got a picture of this? We good? Okay. All right. Let's move along. Here's four questions I want you to think through. And let me just tell you what we're going to do in the next few minutes. We're going to ask these four questions. And then I'm going to facilitate a prayer time where we can prayerfully think through this and try to make a mental strategy. And then I'm going to pray for you, and there's going to be no response song. Because this is going to be our response to this message, okay? So you've been forewarned. Here we go. All right, question number one, if you're thinking about your thought life, being kindness in your thought life to yourself, and you're practicing awareness, you can ask this question, how can I be helpful to myself in my mental and emotional needs? How can I be kind, or how can I be helpful to myself in my mental or my emotional needs? And I mentioned this earlier. This is the act of awareness. 
Two of the things I think for you guys I would recommend that would help you as you think through this question is number one, a regular practice of journaling. Uh, physical paper, notes on your phone, you know, uh, old school, like Microsoft Word document, like Creed, where you're just, uh, you know, Creed from the office, just doing his blog on a, you know, blue background Word document, whatever you do, right? Just some type of uh, reflection moment where you go, how am I doing? Let me practice some awareness of how am I doing right now? Let me stop hurrying and think about myself mentally, emotionally. Am I happy? Am I sad? Am I blah? Mentally, am I tired? Am I vibrant? Like what's going on there? If that's something where you go, hey, I don't know if I'm getting the most out of that exercise, then can I just, especially if you have mental, maybe some mental blocks, some mental health things going on, or you have some emotional health things going on, can I just make an appeal once more for counseling? The strongest people in our fellowship go to counseling because they know they're not strong enough to live without counseling. Everybody from time to time needs a feedback loop, and some of us could use the benefit of some mental health counselors or some basic talk therapy counselors. And listen, around here, we've made it super easy to get some counseling, okay? You come up and find me or Isaac or somebody else. We have a counseling center on site, and we've made it incredibly easy to go there, cheap to free if, if you can't afford it, for you to go and get at least three first uh, sessions at the counseling center, uh, the first counseling center that's right over here. We did a series on this a couple of years ago on mental health, and we talked about these things. And we opened it up, said first three sessions are free, and I thought, you know, maybe like you know, 10 or 20 people would go. We had like 100 people go in the next three months, okay? So listen, some of you have thought to yourself, I might need to talk to a counselor about this. I am not being kind to myself in my own thinking. When I look in the mirror and I see myself across there, I think, you idiot, you're a jerk, and you're beating yourself up, and you're telling yourself that you're no good. And here's the deal. God, when he looks at you, says, I made you in my image. You are good. I have created you to be good. And if God is saying you're good, but you know when you're looking in the mirror and you're saying, I think I'm bad, we're not being kind to ourselves. There's a breakdown. And if journaling can't help you grow in some awareness of that, then can I please strongly recommend counseling to you guys? And again, if money's an issue, come talk to us. We'll take care of all that stuff because we love you guys and our disposition is to be kind to you and try to help y'all walk through some of these things we go through. And so first thing, be kind to yourself internally and your mental, emotional needs. Number two, how can I be helpful to myself and my physical needs? Well, this is self-care, Right? You know yourself really well. What do you need to do to take care of your body? Let's just think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's pretty basic things. Number one, get some sleep, right? Let me say that again. Get some sleep. Catch some Z's. Uh, Most of my scientist friends will tell me every human being needs between six and nine hours of sleep. Some of you can operate well on six. Some of you can operate well on nine. Most of, all of us cannot function daily on less than six hours of sleep. If you're currently doing that, can I just say, that's not being kind to your body. And if you're sleeping 14, 15, 16 hours a day, let me also say, that's not being kind to your body, okay? Six to nine hours of sleep a night, that's being incredibly kind to your body. Your body needs rest. You're a human being, not a human doing. You need to rest. Some of the best thing that happens in your body and in your mind is when you sleep at night, And if you're pushing it all hours of the night, burning the candle at both ends in the middle, you're not being kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Get some sleep. The second thing, eat some food, right? 
Sleep, eat, these are our basic needs. You need to eat at least three times a day, okay? Even if it's two meals spaced over three times a day, take three moments during your day and eat some food. I don't care if it's a power bar or you do a whole 30 kind of sweet potato and chicken kind of deal or whatever you wanna do, but you need to eat some food, put some food in your body. It is not kind, it is cruel to deprive yourself of food because you're too busy doing something else or you're trying to go here and do this thing or whatever. And let me just also mention this because y'all are young adults. You haven't taken a nutritionist class in a while. Coffee is not food. <laughs> as much as I love you guys, if it's lunchtime and you're like, oh man, I really need to go to Chick-fil-A, but Starbucks is closer, right? Coffee is not the same as food. Coffee is also not the same thing as sleeping. If you're tired, get sleep. It's not a, I'm tired, let me have more caffeine, that'll help. No, that is cruel to your body. Be kind to yourself. Sleep, eat some food. I don't know what else you guys need. Some of you guys are introverts in here, right? An introvert is someone who recharges by themselves, okay? It is not kind to yourself to go, I really need some alone time. Let me go to the mall. Um, Let me be around as many people as I can. I'm going to one of the parks and I'm going to stand in line for hours. That's really going to bless my body. No, get away from people. Go into a field, introverts. Do whatever you have to do to take care of yourself. On the other hand, extroverts, you recharge around people. You need to hear me say this with all the pastoral care I can. You need to freaking party, okay? Find some people, get together. I'm not saying bring a keg or anything like that, okay? I didn't say bring a keg, unless it's a keg of water, right? So you can hide your, I'm just saying, get around people and hang out. If you're at a job where you're by yourself and you're just typing all day because you're an engineer or a coder or whatever you do, and then you go home and you don't live with anybody and you're by yourself and you're an extrovert, you've got to be around people. We have these things around here called groups. We have like 20 groups meeting every week. Many of them are open groups. Just go to all of them. We have people here who are part of like seven life groups because they're extroverts. And you know what we say to that? Great. Yeah, that's wonderful. Go to every life group you can. Go serve everywhere you can. Go to everything you can. Go be around people. You need that. Extroverts, get the time you need. Introverts, get the time you need. Take care of your body. Be kind to yourself. Be in a disposition of being kind to yourself. Once you take care of yourself, then you start to move to other people. Number three, how can I be helpful? This is the question. How can I be helpful to this person in my thoughts about them? Now, you may not have ever thought about this as being cruel or being unkind, but it is. When we prejudge people before we get to know them, or when we invent narratives about people we haven't met or people we think we know, and we render those certain, it's incredibly unkind to them. It's not a disposition of kindness. When you meet somebody, when you, when, you, when you meet them for the first time, when you know a little bit of data about them, if you ever find yourselves going, well, they probably didn't like me. Oh, man, I was really, I tripped over my words there. They probably think I'm an idiot. Well, they're an idiot, right? We always do that. Whenever we do something wrong, we then start to invent stories about how the other person was wrong to help ourselves feel better because, right, that's just how it works. And then we just, right, if you find yourself with all of these negative thoughts about a particular person and they just, it just seems like the Wikipedia file of them in your brain just keeps growing and growing and it's all negative comments, hey, Hey, listen, be careful. It doesn't seem like you're being very kind to them. And so may I encourage you in the way that you think about other people, 
to take on a disposition of kindness, to model godliness in the way you think about other people. It's really okay for you. So maybe let's put it this way. There are some, some types of people who, who, I mean, everybody has positives and negatives. Can I start there? Everyone you meet, there's some pluses, there's some minuses. I mean, on balance, most people, you're like, well, they do some things really well. There's some things that they're pretty much the worst at. But, you know, that's humanity, okay? There's some good and there's some bad. There are some people who only think positively about people and they completely avoid the negatives, right? It's like, it's, you know, it's the guy who's dating the girl and she's just bad for him, right? And every time he goes to be with his friends, he's like, my prayer request is that you just pray that our relationship would just be better. And everyone in there is just going, uh, right? Because it's the same thing over and over again. They're like, he, he, she keeps breaking his heart, but he keeps coming back to her and all this stuff. And that's a kind of person who only sees the positives, never thinks about the negatives. That's not kind, okay? On the other end, there's the person who only sees the negatives and never talks about the positives, right? Every time they're like, well, I just don't like this person for this reason and that person for this reason. Oh, that person's the worst. And hey, let's, let's do a top 10 list of the worst people you know. Number one, number two, number three, number four. And everything they say is always negative. It's not kind to be that way. Kindness is being able to see both the positives and the negatives of everyone you meet. And at the end of it, still taking a disposition of wanting to help them. When Jesus describes kindness in the New Testament, he says this, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And so no matter what happens to people that you're around, as you think about them, it would be really good to practice kindness towards them in your thinking. I see all of these positives. I see a whole laundry list of negatives, but even at the end of the day, my disposition to help them is not based on their positives or negatives. It's just based on the fact that they're a human being made in the image of God, and they're just like me, and so I'm going to be in a disposition to help them regardless of whether they ever like me or not. Be kind in the way that we think about people. As a general rule, I want to just encourage you to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. Most of us are fighting battles in a story that we know nothing about, Right? Everybody has a story. Everybody has some villains in their story. Everybody has some highs and some lows. And we're all trying to struggle through it as best as we can. Give people a break. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Take on this posture. Finally, question number four. How can I be helpful to this person in their physical needs? This is called ministry. This is called ministry. Ministry is... In general, my posture to humans is that when I can find a proactive way to help them, I'm going to do this. I'm going to look for ways to help the people in my area. As soon as I can figure out a way to help them, maybe even without them knowing it, I'm going to do that. Or maybe more overt ministry is I'm just, hey, listen, I'm going to tell you this is what I'm going to do for you, and it's a proactive. I'm looking for ways to help you. Now, this is ministry. Let me just maybe say this point uh, right here. I think most of us, if you're in this room, if you're gathering with us, you want to do ministry, okay? I think it's a fair assumption. And most of us would really like to do ministry uh, to people in Orlando, but there are many of us who haven't yet stepped into that level of kindness and kindness and actions to others. And I suspect that part of the reason that most of us are not ministering more, even though we wish we would be, is because we are failing to practice kindness in one of these other three areas. Have you noticed this? The people who are often not doing ministry are the people who are often not thinking well about other people. They're not practicing kindness there. They're also typically the people who aren't practicing self-care. They're not kind to their bodies. They're also typically the people who aren't practicing awareness. They're not kind to their minds and their emotions. And so it follows, if you fail 
to be kind to yourself mentally and emotionally. You will also be the kind of person who is more likely to, to fail to be kind to yourself physically. And you will also be the kind of person who fails to be kind to others in terms of your thought life towards them. And that's the main reason that you are not being kind to them in your actions. And for some of us, it's all of the above. Some of us, it's just one or two things, right? But let me just say this at the very end. If you're someone in here who aspires to do ministry, it doesn't start with doing nice things for them. Maybe what it starts with is doing kind things for yourself. If you can't be kind to yourself, how in the world are you going to have capacity to be kind to other people? And so practical things like getting sleep and journaling your thoughts for the day and getting to counseling if you need it and just eating some food and drinking less coffee. These aren't just really good rules of thumb that your mom or your dad told you you need to do. These are the things that set us up well in life for doing ministry to other people. And so can I implore you to practice kindness both internally and externally to yourself and to other people. Here's how I want us to pray. So wherever you are, I want to invite you to just kind of take a posture of uh, thoughtfulness. Maybe you want to close your eyes. We'll kind of dim the lights a little bit here and give you guys some space. Uh, I think a musician's going to come up on stage and start playing. If you hear a little music in the background, don't freak out. This isn't Jesus calling you to heaven. This is, there's a musician on stage. So here's what I want you to do. I've given you four areas to just think about this. Kindness, remember, is this posture that you take internally and externally. It's a proactive desire to seek out helpfulness for the people around you, to seek the welfare of the city around you. It starts internally with your own thoughts and emotions, moves its way into the way you care for yourself. It extends to the way that you think about others, and then it moves into the way that you minister to people around you. Four areas. Here's the question, diagnostically, in your own mind, and your own heart as you think about it. Which area is in need of most, most in need of kindness right now for you?